The Avengers. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Earth's mightiest heroes type thing. Avengers, time to work for a living. That's my secret. I'm always angry. I am on the side of life. You get hurt, hurt him back. You get killed, walk it off. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. I'm your host, Andrew, and I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers. Welcome to episode 45 of Some Assembly Required, your weekly adventure into the annals of Earth's mightiest heroes, the Avengers. This week, we are taking a look at Avengers number 42, The Plan and the Power. This issue is written by Roy Thomas, pencils by John Buscema, inks by George Bell, and letters by Art Simic, and it comes to us in July of 1967. Taking a look at our cover here, it's a pretty good cover, actually. You know, despite its simplicity, the cover really actually gets to the meat of the issue here, which I think is nicely done. Nothing is overly complicated here, but we understand that you're going to have Goliath fighting the rest of the Avengers, and you're going to have Hercules facing off against Dragon Man, and that Diablo is kind of our main villain pulling the strings behind everything. It really gets the point across. I do have to complain that Scarlet Witch has a particularly derpy-looking face here, but other than that, it's all pretty quality. So to begin the issue, we find the Avengers back in Avengers Mansion. And in this particular instance, we are missing Goliath and Wasp, who have been kidnapped by Diablo and Dragon Man last issue. And so the Avengers present are Hawkeye, Quicksilver, and Scarlet Witch, because again, Captain America is still off doing his own thing in his own book with the Red Skull. Our three remaining Avengers have returned home to regroup and try and figure out where Diablo and Dragon Man took Goliath and Wasp. And Hawkeye finds Hercules sitting back eating grapes, talking about how wonderful the earthly grapes are. And Hawkeye kind of loses it at Hercules. Now, in Hercules' defense, despite all the grief he's getting, in his mind, he really isn't doing anything wrong at this point. He's behaving in accordance with his cultural beliefs. He has been, generally speaking, a good guest. He has helped the Avengers at other points when they have needed help. And he he is getting non-stop flack from Hawkeye. And so Hercules starts to call him out on it and get in his face a little bit. Only Scarlet Witch lays down the law here. She's pretty much had it and tells both of them to stop, calls them out for being at each other's throats when there is far more important things to deal with, like Diablo and Dragon Man, and getting their teammates back. With Scarlet Witch taking charge and defusing the situation, Quicksilver decides to step away for a minute and contact the Fantastic Four. Now, Quicksilver claims that he had attempted to contact the Fantastic Four earlier and had found them on vacation. However, we see here that he is fortunate enough to get Reed Richards and The Thing over the radio, and Reed Richards provides a location for Diablo's castle. It's where the Fantastic Four faced off against him previously in Transylvania. So... The Avengers go to leave, and Hercules decides that he's going to join them. He does so, it's worth noting, less out of a sense of doing the right thing and helping people out, and more out of a sense of obligation to Thor. Specifically, he says, Yet I have pledged my help to a friend of Thor, and my word is ere my bond. I shall accompany thee. So Hercules really isn't acting out of what he feels is his job, his nature as a hero, so much as he has given his word to Thor that he will help Thor's friends. I also think that it's interesting that although Hercules is indebted to an inactive member of the Avengers, he continues to pay this debt to the Avengers, right? He's not fighting alongside Thor. He's fighting alongside the team that 
Thor used to be an active member of, and I guess technically now is kind of a reserve member. But outside of the Spider-Man issue we covered a little while ago, Thor has really not been a part of the team. And even then, Thor was just there for a meeting. So while the Avengers make their way to Transylvania, we will transport there much faster and find Diablo and Goliath in Diablo's secret lab. And Diablo shows Goliath that not only does he have one dragon man, he has what appears to be hundreds of dragon men. Now, unlike the one we saw last issue, however, all of these dragon men are basically lifeless. They're all sitting there with a very blank stare on their faces, mouth kind of slack open, obviously demonstrating that there's nothing going on in them intellectually. What Diablo wants Goliath's help with is remaking the serum, the formula that allowed Diablo to give life to the original Dragon Man. And this got me thinking that while it didn't make a whole lot of sense for the government to give Dragon Man to Goliath as a whole to study because, I mean, Dragon Man is an android and him coming to life is only a small part of the android itself, whereas Diablo has a very narrow focus, right? He has the androids already. He doesn't need to learn anything or do anything with them other than come up with this life-giving potion again. Now, remember, Hank Pym is a biochemist. So, although... Diablo uses alchemy, in theory, this is right up Hank's alley as a biochemist. So Diablo's choice to enlist Goliath's aid makes perfect sense. Now, obviously, Goliath wants nothing to do with this, and he makes it very clear to Diablo that he is not going to take any part in this. However, Diablo, obviously having been around for a while and being a very intelligent human being, knows exactly what buttons to push in order to manipulate Goliath, and so he has placed Wasp under the care of Dragon Man, the one we saw from last issue, the functional one. And he has given Dragon Man very explicit instructions that if he does not receive a signal from Diablo at regular intervals, he is to kill Wasp. So if Goliath chooses to try and kill Diablo, then the signal won't get sent. If Goliath doesn't listen to Diablo, doesn't work with Diablo. Diablo won't send the signal, and again, Wasp will be killed. He's backed Goliath pretty tightly into a corner here. So unfortunately, Goliath is forced to work for Diablo. Now, we once again cut back to the Avengers, who have arrived in the general vicinity of Diablo's castle, and through what they call an optiscanner, they are able to see Wasp and Dragon Man deep in a cave below the castle. And so the Avengers send Hercules off to fight Dragon Man because Hercules is probably the best person to face off against Dragon Man and as Hercules admits he says for of all the Avengers tis she who hath most befriended me so again this kind of plays off of what Hercules was saying earlier in that you know he is indebted to help the friends of Thor and he's helping the friend of Thor who has been most kind to him and you know to be honest Wasp was pretty keen on Thor as well. So I think Hercules following in, in that kind of footsteps makes a lot of sense. Also, let's be honest, Hercules is really the best person to take on Dragon Man. He is stronger and a better fighter than Goliath. And while we saw Goliath make a very respectable assault on Dragon Man last issue, unfortunately he fell short. So obviously someone stronger and more skilled will stand a better chance. It may not be the best chance, but it's a better chance than Goliath. And again, at this point, the Avengers don't know what's going on with Goliath, so they don't know if he'll be able to help them or not. 
Now, once on the ground in front of the castle, the Avengers make their way into Diablo's castle. And, of course, Hawkeye makes an entrance for the Avengers using what we now refer to as a grenade arrow, but it's one of his blast arrows. And, again, I just love the fact that Hawkeye's default arrow, the thing he uses the most, is the high explosive arrow. It goes to such lengths to remind us how lacking in subtlety Hawkeye is in this era and how spectacular that is. Now, once they get inside the castle, the Avengers find Goliath. However, when they find Goliath, instead of joining the team, Goliath begins to engage the Avengers. And he gives them quite a bit of dialogue here, telling them to get lost and that Wasp's life is on the line and that anybody who threatens Diablo is going to have to come through him. The way I hear this in my head, and maybe I'm right, maybe I'm not, but the way I hear this in my head is Goliath is like someone poorly reading off of cue cards, where it's very obvious that the dialogue is stilted and unrehearsed and very much not what Goliath really means. And the reason I think this is because a couple of panels later, when he's attempting to engage the Avengers, Hawkeye realizes that Goliath is really pulling his punches. So to me, this reads as Goliath is really trying to let his teammates know what's going on as much as possible, but that there's only so much he can tell them without Diablo realizing that he's trying to manipulate the situation. Goliath doesn't want to fight the Avengers, he wants to take out Diablo, he wants to save Wasp, but his primary focus is not going to be taking out Diablo, it's going to be saving Wasp. So as long as Wasp is in danger, Goliath is going to have to play along with this. But he doesn't really want to hurt his teammates, and the sooner they catch on to his thought process and what's going on, then the better off everything's going to be. So while this is going on, Hercules is slowly making his way underground into the cave to go find Dragon Man. And Dragon Man actually catches Hercules off guard here and engages Hercules in a rather impressive battle between two powerhouses. And at first it seems to Hercules that things are going just fine. He is able to throw a boulder at Dragon Man and he's pretty sure that takes care of Dragon Man. So he starts walking away, except that Dragon Man grabs Hercules by the head and smashes him into a wall. This is by far one of the best panels of the entire issue of Dragon Man smashing Hercules into the wall. One, because it looks great. Two, because it works so beautifully, both to Hercules' character and just for the story in general. And thirdly, because of Hercules' dialogue. It is almost breathtaking. By the zestful zither of Zeus. Ah! Now, I don't know what the zestful zither of Zeus is, but it does flow off the tongue rather nicely. Nicely. Alright, so after a quick Dr. Google search, a zither is a musical instrument. But a zestful zither? I don't know. However, again, it just rolls off the tongue. And it's such a Silver Age comics moment. But in the character of Hercules, who is a little bit over the top and a little bit goofy and silly, it works. Now, while all this is going on, we will cut back to our not-backup story. The Black Widow story that we've been running parallel to the last several Avengers issues that we've read. And we find... Black Widow, just after having finished her treatment in the Psychotron, where she is now being interrogated by the Colonel. And Black Widow is threatened that if she doesn't reveal everything she knows about the operations of S.H.I.E.L.D., she'll go back in the Psychotron. And a second trip in the Psychotron would mean death for her, so she doesn't really want that. Black Widow asks for a few minutes to gather her thoughts and to recover from the Psychotron. So the Colonel steps out and allows her this time, only Black Widow seems to have been playing 
helping the Colonel a bit. And so when Colonel Ling leaves, Black Widow makes her escape. And she is so desperate to get away that in the process of her escape, she does manage to use her Widow's Sting on eight different men. At one point, she stings six of them basically simultaneously. It's a great half-page panel of her just going crazy with her Widow's Sting. And if you look at that panel, it is actually six men if you count the number of legs. You can see four men pretty clearly, and then you've got an additional four legs, which implies two more guys. However, this all appears to be a test because we find Colonel Ling and the doctor who created the Psychotron, Dr. Yen, watching everything go down from a monitor and discussing what's happening. Basically, Colonel Ling mentions that it's a test. The first test on a human being says the Psychotron fails. Now, I can't quite figure out if they're actually testing the Psychotron as a device as a means of torture, or if they're really testing Black Widow. And what I mean by this is, are they testing the effects on any human being, and Widow just happens to be the first one available, or are they testing to see how resilient Widow herself is? And to me, that part's a little unclear. Now, the way the issue reads, it does sound more like they're testing the Psychotron, but knowing the fact that Colonel Ling was Widow's previous handler, and that Dr. Yen was the scientist who brainwashed her previously, these are are men who have been closely associated with Black Widow and her previous career as a spy, so it makes me wonder if they are just feeling out Widow to see what she is going to do, she's truly on their side or not, or if she just happened to have shown up at the right moment for them to test the device. The last thing I want to point out on our parallel story here is the panel of Colonel Ling and Dr. Yen watching Black Widow on the monitor is really spectacularly lit and shadowed. I, I really enjoy that panel. Back in Transylvania, the Avengers are still duking it out with Goliath, only at this point they're really starting to tire of this whole charade. They know Goliath doesn't want to fight them and he's only doing so because he thinks Wasp danger. So finally Scarlet Witch just comes right out and says, hey, Hercules is down fighting Dragon Man and he's going to get Wasp out. So you need to cut this out, join us and let's go after Diablo. So with that information, Goliath quickly rejoins his teammates and they make their way to Diablo only to be stopped rather abruptly by an invisible barrier that Diablo has erected using his Dynadisc. And Quicksilver runs into this thing at full speed and just gets hurled back. Now, I've actually seen something kind of like this person, and it is both impressive and somewhat comical. When I was a kid, a friend of mine was over hanging out, maybe 10 years old or something like that, and we lost track of time, and my friend was late getting home for dinner. So his dad came from their house, which is just around the corner, came over to my house to collect my friend, and as we're playing out in the backyard, his dad comes in and yells my friend's name, at which point my friend realizes he is overdue for dinner, jumps up, and goes to run from my backyard into my living room, not realizing the screen door was shut. So, I'm sure you all can see where this is going. My friend ran headlong into the back screen door of my parents' house. I don't know how the screen door didn't give way on this one, other than we just must have been smaller than I was thinking, but he bounced back a good three or four feet in the process. So, I can imagine this is about what happened to Quicksilver because my friend didn't see this coming at all and neither did Quicksilver. So I, I personally have a pretty good mental image of how this particular scene went down. Now, once Quicksilver has come off of the invisible barrier, Goliath decides that maybe speed won't do it, but maybe he can hit it with enough force to break through the barrier. And so Goliath attempts to, really with almost no, no impact, no effect. So at this point, the 
Diablo's had enough screwing around, and he decides that he is just going to blow everything up, knowing that Dragon Man will survive, but Wasp will not. You know, I appreciate the fact that Diablo has a backup plan here, which is just blow up the cave, and the fact that it is basically a screw everything, and it's a very vindictive way to stab at the Avengers, right? It doesn't move Diablo's plan forward at all. It does absolutely nothing for Diablo. But he's basically saying the Avengers have foiled my plan. I'm pissed off and I'm going to get back at them. And this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to kill Wasp, who at this point in time is very much the heart of the event. And just as Diablo reaches for the lever, which will blow up the cave and kill Wasp, a red gloved hand reaches forward and we get Deus Ex Cap. The best way I can describe this one, Captain America shows up and stops Diablo from pulling the lever, deflects a blast from his Dynadisc, and then clocks Diablo in the head with his shield. And, you know, Captain America's shield to the face is really a, it's a rough way to go down. You're going to need some reconstructive surgery to get over that one. Some some replacement teeth. It's just, nothing's going to look the same anymore. So, Captain America is now officially finished with his little side adventure in his own book with the Red Skull, and he'll be rejoining the team from here. And it's an interesting way to end this issue, to bring about the the conclusion of the adventure. It's not a bad way to bring Captain America back in, though it's a little it's a little odd. After he finishes dealing with Diablo, Captain America does explain how he discovered the Avengers using the tracking device that's in their jet aircraft, which tracks with other things we've seen previously, like the tracking devices in belts and things. So that that's not unreasonable. It's a little odd that Cap shows up here, and it's I'm, I'm trying to figure out how Cap ended up on Diablo's side of this invisible barrier. It doesn't really do you a whole lot of good to establish this indestructible, invisible barrier between you and your opponents if they can just go around the corner and in through the side door. But at any rate, Diablo has been taken care of, so now we cut back to Dragon Man and Hercules, where Hercules realizes that, you know, it's possible that he can take on Dragon Man, but the reality here is that Dragon Man isn't going to tire, and at some point Hercules will. So Hercules really needs to not only outmuscle Dragon Man, but outthink Dragon Man. Remember, at this point, Dragon Man is still a mindless brute, so Hercules, A, doesn't have to expend all that much brain power to actually take him out, but B, Hercules is able to take advantage of Dragon Man. He's able to outthink him. That, that's a viable option here. And so Hercules gets a little bit of distance between he and Dragon Man, and the next time Dragon Man charges, Hercules kind of ducks underneath him and hurls him into the nearby lava. Now, Dragon Man will be gone for about the next two years and will eventually show back up in Submariner number 15. However, at least at this point, it appears that Dragon Man has been destroyed. So, with Dragon Man being destroyed and Wasp having regained consciousness, the pair make their way back into the castle in order to meet up with the rest of the Avengers, who, as it turns out, are also making their way towards the cave. And as the Avengers all reunite, Captain America quietly points out that, hey, by the way, I've set this place to blow up in about 30 seconds, so we should probably go ahead and get out of here, which is really entertaining to me. The fact that Cap's like, yeah, all this reunion stuff is great, but like, we're on the clock here. We got to go. There's a bomb. Like, it's about to blow. And with that, the Avengers make their way out of the castle. The castle subsequently explodes and the Avengers make their way back to New York. 
our issue closes with the Avengers, all reunited Avengers Mansion, taking a look at a dispatch that they just received, saying that Black Widow was actually working for S.H.I.E.L.D. and that she has been taken captive. So, next issue, we will find Hawkeye bound and determined to save the woman he loves and restore her good name. Overall, this was a really fun issue. I think I liked it a little bit more than the last issue. The fight between the Avengers and Goliath wasn't bad. I really liked the fight between Hercules and Dragon Man. It was a lot of action, really dynamic fight. There was some back and forth in terms of who was winning and who wasn't. It's a good fight. And although the return of Captain America was a little bit deus ex machina, I'm okay with it. It's nice to have the team all reunited. I've been I've been wanting that for a while, and we had it briefly, and then we lost it. Now we hopefully have it back and I'm excited to have some legitimate Avengers adventures. Remember, you can find us at AvengersAssembly.com, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you'd like to be a part of the conversation, send your questions and comments to Andrew at AvengersAssembly.com. Next week, we are going to be taking a look at Avengers number 43. Color him the Red Guardian. All right, hey... All right, good job, guys. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. Have you ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it.